Welcome to A Wholeness Podcast, a healthy home for hair professionals and our clients, where health and happiness is the top priority for those within the hair industry. Serving those who serve and giving the hair industry one great big hug. Hello, I'm your host, Fliss Downs, a barber, yogi, and meditation teacher. Come on in. Before I crack on with today's episode, if you haven't done so already, please hit the follow button on Spotify or on iTunes and leave me a star rating and review. By doing this, you will be helping me reach a wider audience and get the message out there sooner rather than later. I'd also like to mention that this podcast is proudly sponsored by Earth and Soul Pizza. More details about our sponsor at the end of this episode. Now, have you ever talked to a health coach? If not, then by the end of today's episode, you will feel like you have. Having had a love for sugar as a child and into his adult years, after seeing a picture of himself one Christmas and weighing 110 kilograms, Tony, now the founder of Ancestral Health, had a shocking reality check. Being pre-diabetic and on his way to a metabolic disease, he quickly started to make changes in his life to reverse the tunnel he was going down. Tony gained his health coaching certification through the Primal Health Coach Institution in the US, founded by Mark Sisson. Tony says, The environment we live in, the food and drink we consume are detrimental to the genetic coding that we were given by our ancestors. In today's episode, Tony and I break down many things which are destructive to our health and well-being. And being under the horrific salon and barbershop lights is a huge one. We break down how we can balance our modern lifestyle and use ancient wisdom to optimise our health in 2024 and into our future. With Tony's fundamental positive influences, which he promotes through his health coaching business, we dive into these much more in this episode and I was blown away by the knowledge and wisdom Tony brought to the table. Information within today's episode should be taken as general advice, so please consult your healthcare provider for specific and personal information. So what are we waiting for? Let's get stuck into it. Let's take us back to us two meeting one another through my client, your friend, Naveen. Naveen. And basically Naveen said, oh, you need this guy on your podcast. You gave me your business card and I looked at that and I was like, oh, ancestral health. What on earth is ancestral health? I've done a bit of digging and diving on your website. I know at one point in your life was weighing about 110 kilograms. You was pre-diabetic. You had some gut issues from what I was reading. So what was your story leading up to that point? And also you put on your website that you was pre-diabetic. So I'd be keen to know whether or not you actually became diabetic and if so, what type and have you managed to reverse it if you did get diagnosed with diabetes? So yeah, fire away. It was 2009 and unfortunately my mum was terminally ill back in the UK. Me and my sister travelled back and... It was as joyous as we can make it. But there was a couple of photos of me taken on that day. And when I saw the photos, I went, my God, just look at yourself. Mm. And leading up to that, I'd had a few gut issues and really painful tummy issues. Over, not all the time, perhaps every few months, mm-hmm. it raises its ugly head, but enough to sometimes take me to hospital to say, and usually after a good 
clean out, so to speak, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that went away. And then oh, I just yeah. carried on my life. But what, what le led up to that was basically a love of sugar mm. right from an early age. So the sweets came out, the chocolate, mm. and I've been completely addicted to chocolate. I just love chocolate. Still do. Yeah, don't we all? That's Most of us anyway. I don't get it when people say, oh, I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm like, what? You don't <laughs> like chocolate? That was a lead up to it. So I think following that, I just started getting back into cycling. I used to cycle a lot when I was younger and I raced a bit in my early 20s. And yeah. we got over to Australia and... And I just started riding again, and I realised my weight was really holding me back. And then my sister, uh, I was speaking to her one day, and she was starting getting into paleo over in paleo, the, like the paleo you mean the diet, diet. Yeah. yeah. And she was just digging around, and she said, "Look, I think I'm going to send you a video, and and just see if you watch it, and see if it makes any sense." And the video is still on the internet today. So Dr. William Davies is a cardiologist in the US. And he did this, it was a lecture that he did about the book that he's written called Wheat Belly. Wheat Belly. That's right. And it lasts for about an hour. I, I listened to it. I went straight back to the beginning. I listened to the second time straight away. The second time through, just more and more sunk in. I thought, this is me. This is, he's talking about me here. Um, and I remember going out on a cycle ride with Naveen. And for those who don't know, Naveen's a GP. And, and I said to him, I'm going to give up wheat. And he went, why? Why would you do that? And I went, I've watched this video. Anyway, I gave up the wheat and the weight just fell off. Wow. It was ridiculous. People in the cycling community around here were asking me, my God, you must be riding so much. And I didn't really want to go into what, why or the wherefore. So I just went, oh yeah, been riding lots and lots. Yeah. Because the paradigm that everyone's been fed over, if you take in more calories than you exert, you're going to put on weight. Mm. And that is so far from the truth mm. because what you put in in your mouth calorie-wise may not metabolise in the same way when it's once it's past your throat, basically. Yeah, I gave up wheat and then I started on the journey and then sugar came next. So and you reduced sugar? Yeah, basically yeah. Cut, cut it out and that's just started falling away. Wow. basically okay. and then I got down to my lowest weight probably 2016 mm -hmm. but I was training for a marathon then yeah um, okay that was the best I've ever been but it was a bit unhealthy mm -hmm. because I was running so much yes and actually you're taking me back to when I was training for my first ever half a marathon and I've only ever done one half a marathon and in the end it impacted my joints so much. I kept on having a left knee injury. Even though I was having physio, I was training for it. I was doing yoga. I was in the gym doing all the things that I possibly thought that I could do. But this knee injury just kept on playing up and playing up. But yet, like you, I was probably the most fittest I'd ever been. I was probably at the, my lowest weight as well. So yeah, just by... I guess for you, like you say, you cut out the wheat. So I'm guessing that was like you reduced your carbs, like your pasta and your breads. Then giving up sugar, which is in so many things, isn't it? You can't really find a packet. That's mainly when we're looking at processed food here. But even fruit has sugar in it. And I'd be keen to know your thoughts, actually, at some point is the goodness or the badness with fruit and sugar, right? Because I'm thinking, oh, if you give up sugar you just got to give up the processed stuff but actually if you're going to eat fruit you're still having sugars that's that might come later in our chat but 
yeah, I guess over a period of time, like you say, your weight was dropping. So you said about being diabetic. Yes. I never actually went to the doctor and found out. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that I was pre-diabetic yes. at that point. Mm-hmm. And I never really looked into it again because everything started coming good. And I didn't actually diagnose myself. Wrong. It was just something that went away. The, mm-hmm. the stomach problems went away. And yeah, I was following basically what is now known as a LCHF, mm-hmm. low-carb, high-fats, right. which has since gone on to because people make a bit of an assumption about high fat i must have lots of fat mm-hmm. it's high healthy fat yes yeah, so like your avocados your olive oil yes yeah and that's evolved into what's now known as the mediterranean diet yes i have heard of this yeah. yeah so just like loads of veggies pretty much and then i guess your meats here and there yeah and fish mm-hmm. olive oil was a big part of it mm-hmm. and and i've always been a lover of butter butter is a big part mm-hmm. but and that's been my journey and i've had ebbs and flows through that and most Christmases I indulge and like everyone does Mm. yeah it was it it was an evolution so take back to that Christmas day that moment in terms of before this recording you were saying that there's a chemical in Turkey which actually sends you into a little bit of a, a food coma as such so just take me back to that because also you went on this journey from that photo you're going whoa look at the size of me number one what was that chemical that you said that was in the turkey it was was tryptophan tryptophan yeah and it's a hormone Mm -hmm. that is a precursor to melatonin Mm -hmm. melatonin is widely known as the sleep hormone Mm. and although that is true melatonin has so much more it's the tip of the iceberg of, of what it actually does yeah okay and do because i know as well if you're in this lchf the meats that you're consuming are you consuming more fish than meat are you still having chicken turkey you say it was more so in poultry more so than any other meat the tryptophan yes but i that that was just an aside Mm. low a typical low carb healthy fats diet is basically cutting out all your processed food yep if you was to do cut out Wheat, which which I did. So mm-hmm. that's pasta gone, yep. bread gone. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I flipping love my bread fliss. Yes, I know. <laughs> I can eat a whole loaf in one sitting with slabs of butter on top. You got it. <laughs> and then if you cut out sugar, yeah, that's all your cakes, all your biscuits. Mm. And pretty much... So anything that's in the centre of the, the supermarket. Yeah. And that was actually a very good way of actually describing... If you keep to the edges of the supermarket then you can have a good health, a, a good mm. diet. So do you feel you cut out sugar, you say? So did you cut out fruit as well? Because fruit has sugar in it. That's I know that's classed as more of a healthy fruit, a, a healthy sugar. So where was you on that borderline with sugar? So my, my philosophy has changed on fruit as well. Yeah. There's a couple of things about fruit. that The fruit that we you go to the greengrocers or to the supermarket, the fruit that is available to us today has been cultivated to be as sweet as possible mm. because they want you just like the the sugar industry they want you to go back and buy yes. more of the fruit yeah addiction so something like a, a ripe banana or a ripe orange they might not have, might have been what our ancestors would have mm. if you look at a, 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 an old-fashioned banana it's got seeds in it's hard it's not appealing at all compared yes. to 
what you'd buy to put in a smoothie today. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some videos about that, actually, that what we taste now with fruit is completely different to its original state. Yeah. Mm. But things like berries, for example, yeah. and I do eat a lot of berries, they are great because... Antioxidants. You've got it. Mm-hmm. Very low in, in sugar and carbohydrates. And if you're eating them seasonally as well, mm-hmm. that makes a difference too. But unfortunately... Berries are one of the most sprayed <laughs> fruits on the planet. So blueberries, cherries, strawberries are the worst. Mm. Um, really? I love strawberries. I pretty much have them most days at the moment in so time. So if you can get organic, yeah. that's in fact, I, I, I don't eat anything other than organic mm-hmm. because I know how much spray is on those. Yes. And, it, and it's not just on the plants. So you can't no. just wash it off. Yeah. It gets absorbed into yeah. the fruit. There's a guy that I follow online called Jeremy Awakens, and he did a video this week, just gone, showcasing numbers on fruit. And I don't know if you know, this is something I've only just learned, but what I was learning by this video, and I don't know whether it's true, but I'm just saying this based on what I've listened to. He said, when you pick up, let's say an apple or a fruit, whatever, if there's a number nine at the beginning of the barcode, yeah. the tiny, I think there's like a five digit number, right? He says that is pure organic. It's not being sprayed or anything. And then he went on to some other numbers as well. So I was like, okay, so basically when I go to the grocery, um, when I go to, to do my grocery shopping, I need to look out for fruits with the number nine on. That was my interpretation of what he was saying. Um, so, yeah, um, I think when it comes to fruit, it is... The thing is, you say that you eat mainly, you eat organics, but for, let's say, the ordinary person on an ordinary wage, that can be on the pricey side. And I think there's such a barrier for people who are wanting to try and have a healthier lifestyle, eat better, because the thing is processed foods are so much more affordable and accessible versus your organic stuff. And that's where I reckon some people are really having this, I know, would I use the word, conundrum, between I want to get healthy and fit and I want to be able to eat better food, but I can't afford it, like... How do we break that down? Number one, what I've been recently doing, which is what I was saying to you earlier on prior to recording this, is I've started growing my own fruit and veg. And I say fruit because tomatoes are fruit. Have I got that right? Because they've got seeds in them, yep. So I've got tomatoes. I've decided to get my my courgettes or zucchinis, as as Aussies call them, lettuce and things. Because I don't want to have to fork out money from a supermarket that, like you say, sprayed in all these pesticides, etc. When I can be growing it in my own back garden for free, other than obviously paying for the seeds initially. Yeah. But I know that I'm not going to put any pesticides or any sprays on it, and I can literally pick it from my garden. So I'm saving money. I'm also bettering my health by having stuff that's organic. I know it is organic because it's grown by myself. What do you feel like people can do to be able to gain access to things that are more on the organic side. The only thing and the only answer that I've got is grow it yourself. Yeah, and that's about it. But there are a couple of rules to go by. Generally speaking, if you, if you go to a greengrocer and get to know your own greengrocer, mm-hmm. they'll be able to tell you there are products out there that don't have the organic certification. I know a particular blueberry farm local to this area. They don't have organic certification, but I know they don't spray if you're going to the farmer and you're say, you have a conversation with them, they can say, yeah, okay, we can't actually say it's organic, but it pretty much is. And when there's this label on these items such as organic, what does that specifically mean? And when organic is on a label, does it truly mean it's organic? Because I think there's com- companies out there that only just hit the organic 
level should we say so therefore they can slap the label of organic on it but it's not really organic yeah i don't know i don't know all the ins and outs but i do know say for example organic milk it's not just the fact that the cow's not been injected or put on antibiotics Mm -hmm. that, that happen a lot but it's also the fact that the land that the cow's pastured on hasn't got to be i don't know the number it might be three mm. or six years but they must prove that they've had that land unsprayed untouched and that can be unfortunate for some farmers because if they've got adjacent to a farm that isn't and it, they are spraying that spray can actually go onto their farm and they lose their organic certification wow yeah okay but the other thing is with fruit if you've got a fruit that's got a hard shell say for example watermelon Yes, it may have been sprayed, mm-hmm. but that hard, dense shell may not have penetrated so much. Other things like oranges. Oranges have got a bananas. You peel those, Yeah. the fruit inside may not be organic. They may have sprayed something, but it may not have got through to that through that yeah. hard shell. It's because there's that barrier in place. Exactly. Whereas when you look at, let's say, an apple and cherries, that skin is so fine there's way more chance of that penetrating through into the fruit more so yeah yeah that's interesting isn't it it's like the thing is when we're thinking about what we consume and everything it's there is so much processed stuff out there and i guess from what i'm understanding through knowing a bit about you is that you help people come away from the processed foods and have more of a fruit and veg and meat dairy diet a whole or food, a whole food. whole food yes yeah um, going back to my business name is ancestral health mm. we have evolved as humans for there are different estimates but basically three hundred thousand years before then as hominids on this planet six million years mm. and we've evolved to be this person we are today but we're in a completely alien environment mm. to what we evolved in yeah. We are in 2024 now. Yeah. But we can still have some of the processes and that that can actually bring us to an ancestral state of health. And going down again the burger from McDonald's wasn't available um, in caveman times, yeah. you know. Yeah. And thank God for that. Definitely. I spoke about the paleo diet earlier. My my sister was on the paleo diet back then. And that's also called the caveman diet. Uh, yes, I have heard that, actually, yes. Yes, um, and that's a very good starting point. But basically, yeah, stay away from process, a whole food diet, whatever that interpretation means to you, whether you're going to eat mainly vegetables, mm-hmm. the carnivore diet is very, very popular at the minute, and that basically means no vegetables whatsoever. and Purely just meat? Meat, fish, okay. eggs, dairy. dairy. Yes, for example, if I have a steak... I would just get a big slab of butter and stick it on top. And it's the fat. The fat has got the flavour, but it's mm. the fat that gives mm. that satiating feeling in the belly. Okay. And take me back to this ancestral health, because when I got your business card, as I said at the beginning of this, I was like, <coughs> hmm, it's ancestral health. Can you explain what exactly is ancestral health? I know, of course, that's your business name, but by the scenes of it from doing a little bit of Googling is... There's some form of thing along the way 
and it's actually to do with our DNA as well, if I've got that, correct me if I'm wrong. So can you just elaborate a bit more on what do you mean by ancestral health? Is it through the family history that we then become what we are? Because I know that, of course, when it comes to what we eat, what we consume, our environment, we are the ones putting that in us. But actually, can we look at our health in our family history? So what you're talking about is is pretty much epigenetics. We c- we have got genes that we can switch on and switch off as easily as a lifestyle change. Right. I like this example. I read this somewhere a while ago. Say you've got this wonderful man, this wonderful woman. They get married. They eat a wonderful diet, live healthfully, spend time in the sun. They produce an offspring mm-hmm. somewhere in the next village. Same thing is happening. Those two offspring get together. Yeah. Then... They have a child, and the same thing happens over several generations. Eventually, you're going to have this child that is really healthy and maybe beautiful. Mm-hmm. Say this child is born in, I don't know, 19, yeah. and that child gets to the age of 15, 16, and all of a sudden she's spotted by someone. You're going to be the next supermodel. Mm-hmm. Because you're that beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's happened through five or six generations of all these things coming into play. Yeah. If that girl starts smoking, as a lot of models do, starts drinking, eating unhealthily, binge eating, growing up, and then eventually gets married, their offspring has to start again. Wow. <laughs> Just purely because of those she has switched, unhealthy additives. She has switched off that DNA, that gene, to carry on that journey to the next generation mm-hmm. because of alcohol drugs persian eating an unhealthy diet yes wow yeah, yes so by but that's the negative point of it mm. but the positive point of it is if someone comes to me and they've been having a really rough time they have partied through their 20s and the teenage years they've been eating all sorts of rubbish throughout their life They've been going to bed late, they've been working too hard, they've been going to the gym when when they want just to try and do something. Mm. They can come to me and then I can take them back on a little journey mm-hmm. that can actually switch off those genes and open up genes to bring them into an, a good state of health. Mm. Those genes have been there since the dawn of time, since yeah. man first started walking on two legs. Mm-hmm. But as I say, we're living in an alien environment but a lot of my work is based around the circadian rhythm. What's the circadian rhythm? In a nutshell, our every single one of us is under the influence of, of two modes, mm-hmm. light and darkness. And we know that some mammals, like bears, they'll go to sleep for the whole of winter. We have a, a little... Ass- as happens every every night on a twenty four hour basis, yeah. most for most people they're shift workers, and mm-hmm, that's obviously mm-hmm. a problem yeah. as well. Yeah. But basically, yes, we live by the sun, and we live by the absence of the sun. Mm-hmm. A typical. There are lots of things that are happening with that sun. I was actually thinking about this too, in relationship to hairdressers, mm. particularly, as you can probably see, and I won't. Uh, go into too many details, but I don't have much need for hairdressers. Yeah. But I have been to hairdressers in the past. Yeah. And I know you're standing on your feet all day and basically under terrible lighting. God, yes. And that has an effect mm. over time. Mm. I'll go into a little bit more detail on that. So the sun 
has been given a bit of a bad rep, yeah. particularly in Australia. Mm. They tell because us, apparently we're over the we're under the ozone. <laughs> so they tell us slip, slop, slap, stay out the sun. The sun's going to give you skin cancer. And these statements couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. We need sun. If you was to put plant a, going back to your gardening, yeah, my veggie patch. If you was to plant a cherry tree, and stick a tarp over it. Would you get any cherries? None. None. Mm. None. And I know that we're not a plant that sits out yeah. the sun all, all the time, but we do cer- need a certain amount of sunlight. Yeah. And it is life-giving, literally life-giving. Mm. So a typical day is, for a, someone who's living a really good circadian lifestyle, is to get up before the sun rises, yeah. just before the sun rises. So I'll give you my day, for example. I get up, I will... Perhaps make my drink in the morning yeah. in, the, in the dark, in the, just the small light that's coming mm. in for the... Then I'll go outside and I'll watch the sunrise. Mm. Now, there's not many days that goes past when I don't actually see a sunrise. Yeah, and how many people get the opportunity or even go and think about doing that? Not many people will wake up and watch the sunrise or even think that is a health benefit, but it is a health benefit. Absolutely, Fizz. Mm. Our ancestors would have seen that sunrise every single day. So they're coming out of their little huts, or and I'm talking about not I'm not talking about our ancestors of five or six generations ago. Yeah, I'm talking of thousands of generations. This is the sun that we evolved under. Yeah, and because we evolved under that sun, we've learned to live in its presence mm-hmm. and in its absence. Mm. For example, when that sun rises, our eyes pick up that change in in the light. First light that comes up is red light. Mm-hmm. Along that with that is infrared light. Mm-hmm. And then later on, depending on where we are on the, on the planet, depending on where we, the time of the year, UVA kicks in, UVB kicks in. And each one of these points are, be, are switches, another switch in our body, to send a cascade of hormones to tell the body the clock where things should be and how things should be working. If you don't get those signals mm-hmm. say you're working in that salon yep. all day mm-hmm. un- under a blue light mm. now we've developed blue lights there's i see there's a there's an led bulb in this they've been designed to save money and they do save money yeah but remember the old incandescence bulbs mm. if you needed to change one the screw ones yeah you, yeah, could, yeah. you couldn't touch them because they were hot yeah that was because they were given out an awful lot of energy in the infrared range so by taking away the infrared you've got the led saving lots of money you're not wasting it on heat yeah but it's that heat the infrared that gives us signals Mm. for our hormones deep down within our cells we have these organelles called mitochondria these aren't actually part of the human right back when we were squirreling around in the mud when mammals were first developing, we actually combined with this ba- this bacteria called mitochondria, and we have a symbiotic lifestyle. So today, with the exception of our blood cells, every single cell in your body has mitochondria in it. Maybe a few hundred, maybe a few thousand, but it's this mitochondria that are producing the energy for you to live. It's not the food, it's the mitochondria. Which is the light that we would get from the sun. Is so, that, have I got that right? So the mi- mitochondria yeah. thrive on red and infrared light. Which is we get 
the infrared light from the sun. Yeah. Yeah, got you. Okay. So there is actually on episode 29 with Lisa, she was saying in that that if we didn't have the sun, we'd actually all end up dying. I think she was saying back then like it was eight hours, but I actually went on to research that a little bit more. It said probably within a week, if there was no sun, we would start to deteriorate and basically there would be no humans left without the sun. Quite possibly, yeah. 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 The sun plays a massive role. Like you're saying, when you first waking up, you your eyes are picking up these rays from the sun. And I think you must have heard of Dr. Huberman. Have you heard of him? Yeah, Andrew Huberman. That's it. He talks loads about the positive impacts of the natural sunlight. And you're talking about us hair professionals and actually anybody in, let's chef it, chefs, people in offices, we're under these false lights for eight hours of our day. That within itself is going to be detrimental to our health. You'll find that most people who go with go to their doctor with melanoma, and I know my friend Naveen would actually disagree with me on this one. The doctors are saying, "Okay, you've spent too much time in the sun," mm-hmm. but most of these mel- melanoma often people who spend time in offices, mm-hmm. and it's the blue light that's emitted from the lights. Wow. The screen time that they're having, so that screen is actually blue light as well. Mm. The receptors in our eyes are actually telling us that it's midday all day because that wow. signal should be, it's blue light. So when we're out in the sun, there's blue light coming from the sun, mm-hmm. but it's balanced by the red light mm. and a little bit of green as well. Right. So nature has balance in everything. Yes. Nature does not make mistakes. Yeah. So with that in mind... There are a few things you can do to mitigate these things. Mm-hmm. So for a time, I worked under blue light all day for eight hours a day, but I wore, wore blue blocking glasses. Yeah. So would you even suggest, so I'm just thinking about like the hair industry as that sort of the, the predominantly my audience as such, would you be saying to barbershop owners, salon owners, to help your staff's health changing the lights or paying for your staff to wear block glasses do you know what i mean would you say that is going to be of benefit to staff and absolutely things? but it's got to so this is with my clients as well the change has got to come from within mm. there are certain people out there who go blue blockers are rubbish yeah i know for a fact that they're not from personal use i use them every single day mm-hmm. uh, as soon as that sun goes down my yellow blue blockers go on I wish I'd have bought one today, actually, because we're under a bit of uh, blue light here. Yeah. And an hour before bed, I put my red block, blue blockers on. The different tin, tints will actually block out more or less blue mm-hmm. light. So mm-hmm. my yellows, they'll block out about 60% of the blue light. And when I put my red, red ones on an hour before bed, that blocks out 80% of the blue light. Mm-hmm. If you're at work during the day, you're going to need to see... So there are clear ones you can use as, as well. Yeah. They're not great, the clear ones. Yeah, I've worn the clear ones. But and also because I feel like I look cool with them on. <laughs> so vain. But the yellow ones, you'll end up looking like Bono. Yeah, that's even cooler, right? I should just do that. So, yeah, I wore your yellow ones all day for eight hours a day. But there's one more thing you can do, and this is where salon owners mm-hmm. can really make an impression on their staff. So client comes in, mm-hmm. how long would you roughly spend with one client? So if you're in the barbershop, average is 30 minutes. If you're in the salon, it's going to be an average of one to three to four hours, depending on what that that salon client's having. Okay. 
if you can get out between clients, if you've got a long period of a client with three to four hours, if you can say after an hour, if you can pop outside, and I'm not saying look at the sun, I'm saying pop outside, take your glasses off and get that balance into your eyes. Mm. It's resetting the signal. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting, oh my God, it's midday at four o'clock in the afternoon. You're resetting the say it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Things are starting to happen now. Mm-hmm. The sun's getting lower in the sky. Mm. UVB is going away. UVA is going away. Last thing in the evening, when all you've got left is infrared, it's the exact opposite of what's happening at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the day, one of the things that happen is as you wake up, you may have heard of cortisol. Yes. So cortisol is being pushed into your bloodstream to wake you up. Then in the morning, melatonin is being made. There's a couple of places melatonin is made. It's actually made in every cell and every, in every mitochondria. Mm-hmm. But it's also predominantly made in the pineal gland, right. which is about three centimetres behind your eyes. Yeah. So there is actually a, a pathway that goes straight from your eyes, straight to your pineal gland, mm-hmm. and then that's connected to what's called your super charismatic nucleus oh my goodness me that's a mouthful it is which basically the ancient it's like super califragilistic (laughs) (laughs) that's your ancient part of your brain telling your pineal gland to make melatonin so Mm -hmm. melatonin is predominantly made in the morning then if you go through the right signals throughout your day Mm. as that sun goes down so go out in the evening i'm not saying see the sunset yeah sunsets are beautiful anyway if you can but if you can go out in the evening without your glasses on and see the the difference in the light and it's the mm-hmm. difference that makes makes the difference yeah so the difference in the light will actually start releasing that melatonin which makes you feel sleepy okay now unfortunately if you're looking at your screen in the evening if you're watching telly if you're sitting under blue lights that absolutely tanks melatonin so when you're saying tanks, it you means it's like literally Destro- evaporating, taking it, it and destroys it out of your body. Destroys it. Yeah. And then if, let's say, this is a repetitive thing, like as most likely it would be a day-to-day basis, Monday to Friday for most people in the hair industry, Tuesday to Saturday generally, over a period of time, what can that do to one's health? Because melatonin is so powerful as an antioxidant, it's one of the most, biggest antioxidants that your body produces, it's going out there every single night. Every single day we produce cancerous cells. Mm-hmm. Cells that are malfunctioning and not doing their job. Melatonin is there to seek them out during the night. And so if we're not having the melatonin in our body, it means the high chance of an individual getting cancer increases. Absolutely. Hence why you're saying actually it's a load of rubbish when it comes to, oh, the sun causes cancer, so, skin cancer. So one of the people, the educators that... I've been the biggest influence in my journey is a guy called Dr. Jack Cruz. Okay, I've not heard of him. Okay. He is a, he's a neurosurgeon in the United States and his journey is it is amazing really, but he's an educator now. He educates on mitochondrial health and getting that circadian rhythm into place mm. and all this comes under the umbrella of quantum biology, yeah. which is fascinating in itself. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not here to disagree with him, but I know a lot of people do. Now, he's actually saying that a melanoma is, is there because these cells can actually move through the body. They're seeking out UV light. 
Which is what you get from the sun. Which is on the skin. Which is going to get to the, from the skin. Yes. Say, for example, you're doing this time and time again, living this terrible lifestyle, and you get a melanoma on your skin, or just a benign. And, yeah, you might go and have it cut out. You might go to the doctor, and they'll say, okay, you're all good again. If you keep keeps having the same lifestyle and not changing, mm. you're basically setting yourself up for a fall. Yeah, yeah. And I guess with your work, this is what you help people do. You help people change their lifestyle so then they can prevent these sorts of things. I know that just before he's coming on here, you were saying I was looking at your what you was classing as your five pillars of health, and you said that's slightly changed now. And those five pillars of health of what I've read on is nature. So that's been out in your blue, your yellow, and your green, and your red light. Movement, which is, of course, we all know that movement really does help. Hence, you doing your triathlons, your marathons. Sleep is a real big thing. Light, which is what we've just been talking about, as well as nutrition, which, again, we've talked about in terms of all the food and everything. So even though you're saying that you're slightly changing those five pillars, what what would you say you now look at? And what what journey do you take your clients on when it comes to being a health coach? Every single client is different. Mm -hmm. Some people might come to me and they're saying oh I need to change my diet I asked them a long questionnaire and I might start with sleep because sleep is one of the things that if you're not getting a good night's sleep it doesn't matter what you do for the rest of that day you're screwed because you've got no energy you've got no no vigor in your life you've got to get a good night's sleep to carry on the rest of the day and it doesn't matter what procedures or lifestyle changes you put on during the day they do say that when you're an athlete, mm-hmm. the the biggest part of training is the resting. You know, it's the sleep. Yeah. So would you class that as recovery? Sleep's recovery? Or is it not just recovery? It's more than just recovery? Yeah, it's recovery from the day. Yeah. And that melatonin is a huge part of it. So, yeah, I, I, I have movement. You said about what I've done in the past. I don't do those huge events anymore because they are really i actually think they'll take years off your life at the end of yeah. it yeah yeah you hear about these people that run a marathon and then they end it and they end up having a heart attack i know that's a bit extreme but it's just come into my mind and yeah you do hear those headlines yeah you do um, but gentle exercise is great yeah. and but movement is even more appropriate now mm. as we age we all know you see a little old lady struggling on yeah. the street with a walking stick that doesn't have to be the case. No. Do you think the older you get, the more you have to move? Absolutely. Mm. If you're human, move. Yeah. If you're a sick human, move more. If you're an older human, move most. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't no. have to be joining an exercise mm-hmm. class. This can be as simple as going for a walk every yeah. day. And if yeah. you could walk in the early morning sun without sunglasses on, without sunscreen, you're just you're doing one of the most beautiful things you can do for self-care. I love that you've said that because it's one of the one of the things that I promoting within the industry and around health and wellness is movement. It's one of my sort of I say that I've got this thing called the 3M method. So for me I, I say movement, which is what we're talking about, mindset, so the psychology, the neuroscience behind our brain and then meditation within itself is a big topic to to bring in. But I love how you're saying that because I'm promoting wake up, move your body, go for a walk, 
without like actually you know, I don't walk with sunglasses on in the morning I want to it's not oh I need to definitely look at the sun let me look at the sun and no it's actually just observing what's around and getting that natural first thing in the morning light into would I say the re- retinas is that right or the what would I say what does it go into the well, iris there's actually there's actually um so we the eye itself as well as picking up colors uh, there's also receptors in there now whether you believe in god or whether we evolved or yeah. we have uv receptors in our eyes mm-hmm. uv receptors are there fact if we're not supposed to be under uv light why would they be there interesting yeah For, unfortunately the uv has been given a bad rep and Yes, if you're going outside and you're spending... We've all seen the young guys out there on a summer's day and they're red as. Now, we've all been sunburnt. Before we get sunburnt, we have a bit of a tingle, don't we? If you're listening to your body, that's your body saying, that's enough. Get out of the sun. Go and seek shade. And Mm. it's there on purpose. It's there talking to you and people don't listen to their bodies. So it will burn. Yeah. The sun will burn you. <coughs> that UV light actually does. There's a couple of things that it's there for as well. You've heard of vitamin D. We produce vitamin D for our skin under UVB light. That light is interacts with our cholesterol. Another thing that's been been told is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Cholesterol is there to transform into vitamin D, which is actually a hormone. It's not actually a vitamin. It's okay. And funny enough, people with high vitamin D levels will have a lower cholesterol because they're using it. Okay. UVA interacts with our skin and it produces nitrous oxide, which is what they call a vasodilator. Opens up the veins, reduces our blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So by getting out in the sun, yeah. we're actually doing lots of good that we're not aware of, mm-hmm. but we also get a euphoria from it as well. Mm-hmm. We've actually got receptors in our brain to be addicted to the sun yeah now we all know we've all heard of rock stars that have died early a drug overdose they're predominantly living a nocturnal lifestyle rock stars will get up late in the day mm. they'll work all through the through the night yeah they're not getting their, their daily dose of sun yeah so they have to go somewhere else for that high mm. interesting and yeah, it's usually yeah. drugs mm. alcohol mm. They're getting that kick from some mm, And then, of course, all of those things are then getting rid of those um, positive, healthy um, genes. Yeah, you're just switching yeah. off things. Yeah. Mm. Going back to the journey that you go through with your clients and you were saying that you'd, depending on who comes to you, it starts off quite differently. Some people you'd look at the sleep, sometimes you'd go with something else. Through being a health coach, you look at all these different things with, with somebody's health. And you take them on that journey of changing their life. What would you say is the the biggest thing that you've picked up on with your clients that is quite common in everybody? Because I know that we're talking about obviously light an awful lot, but yeah, is there anything that particularly stands out that's like this is a common theme in most of my clients? People like to start their journey because they're overweight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly what happened with me. Mm-hmm. But by making these little changes, and they are and they are little changes. They're not going to be massive changes that you can't sustain. Mm. Once you go on that health journey, the weight takes care of itself. It's not something you have to concentrate on. Mm. And I, I people say, "Oh, I've lost X number of kilos," but 
it's irrelevant. I go, how do you feel? Mm. Doesn't matter the number on the scale. How are you feeling yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. And if someone says to me, I haven't felt as great in ages. That's the biggest buzz in the world to yeah. hear that. Yeah. It might be just things like, we go back to movement again, mm. go and do a yoga class. Go yeah. and find someone like yourself who mm-hmm. teaches yoga. Movement with yoga, and I know yoga started out as a lifestyle, but it was actually a lifestyle rather than something you do once a week. Mm. But yeah, that, that movement along with breathing, mm-hmm. breathing exercises yes. are extremely important. None of us breathe properly no. um, during the day. Uh, again, going back to that nitrous oxide, breathing through your nose releases that into your bloodstream, reduces blood pressure again. Mm. And I guess that when coming to the meditation point is when I'm teaching meditation, I strongly encourage people to purely just breathe in and out of their nostrils. Of course, at points of the breathing exercises or the meditation, I will get them to take a nice deep inhale and then sighing it out through the mouth. But yeah, I think as well, there's so much to be said about how we breathe and how we're actually not breathing in enough oxygen. And so that can cause health problems as well within itself. I personally get headaches an awful lot. And I think headaches are due to potentially the number one, the lights that I'm under being in the salon and the barbershop, but also am I breathing properly as well? So there's so many things that we can actually do to enhance our health like you say, that are so small, such as you were saying, get out in the morning, get underneath natural light, don't wear your sunglasses, wear your blue light glasses during the day, go out every sort of hour or so, breathe properly. Is there any other little school, mimiscal things that you could suggest to people, such as mainly predominantly the hair and tree or anybody else that is under the sort of working environments of your nine till five, da, da, da. what other little things that you would recommend? So, in my opinion, one of the worst inventions in the world in the last 30, 40 years mm. is this little square thing that we have in our pockets. Mm-hmm. I, I'm old enough to go to remember when it wasn't a thing and it life was much better, I believe. Mm-hmm. We are so tied to these devices now. So I do know for a fact that most people will have them right by their bed. That would be me. Okay. Mm-hmm. By my pillow. Okay. Did you know that deep buried in an iPhone, in, in the instructions, actually says, do not use this device closer than 10 centimetres to your body. Do not use it closer than 10 centimetres to your body. Yeah, that's in an iPhone. What? So how are we meant to pick up a phone? I guess we put it on a speakerphone or... But then you put it under... I have mine to the one side of the, of the pillow, but I did years ago actually put it underneath my pillow, which means it would be within that 10 centimetre radius, lots, right? Lots, lots of people do. And people put it by their breasts, like in their bras, people put it in their pockets, by their hips. So this is going off topic, but is this potentially... No, it's, no, it's not. Is it potentially going to cause cancer as well? Do you know what I mean? Like the radio... What's it out called? Radio... It's not... It's, it's known as non-native because it's not natural to the earth. Mm-hmm. Electromagnetic, right? And that can cause diseases fields. and poor health conditions. Absolutely, the amount of brain tumors that are happening mm. these days. Mm-hmm. Another thing is ear pods. Yep. So ear pods work on Bluetooth. Yeah. A lot of traditional scientists will say because it's non-ionizing radiation, mm-hmm. it will do nothing. No harm whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I call BS big time on that. 
AirPods, not only talk to your, to your device in your pocket, they talk to each other as well. What's the closest, mm. quickest way they talk to each other? Right through your brain. <laughs> Why do you call BS on that? Because it's very old science. So ionising radiation is, say, for example, nuclear radiation, mm-hmm. X-rays. These are all things that are damaging to the DNA in your cell. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called not ionising radiation. Non-ionising radiation is everything else, so radio waves, yeah. every other frequency. But it's been proven now that these open calcium channels into your cells. They also dehydrate cells. Mm. There have been experiments done that uh, AirPods... Are they called AirPods? Ear- AirPods. Ear- I mean, I guess we could just say earphones that are wireless yes. that you connect to Bluetooth because yes. there's so many brands out there. They have equivalent radiation of a microwave. That pretty much fries your brain. Now, if you were to put a nice juicy steak in the microwave and switch it on for a few minutes... Cooks it. Yeah. What do you... But would it be nice and tender? No. It'd be like, no. It'd be like leather. So we're technically cooking our so own brains. dehydrating that... Mm all those cells in that yeah, meat okay. and you're doing exactly the same thing do you think that is what can also cause headaches and i know that i've come back to the word headaches and the health condition headaches but i actually do think so many people experience headaches or migraines and the majority of the time particularly in the hair industry we have to just ride through it i'm sure i'm sure if you're using a, a device mm-hmm. if you're using your phone mm-hmm. next to your head then that's what's doing it. I always I, I take phone calls on my phone, yeah. but it's always on speaker. Yeah. I don't use anything wireless. But just going back a bit to where I picked this up on, yeah, on yeah, devices, yeah. one of the best things you can do is leave your phone yeah. out of your sleeping area. Mm-hmm. Your sleeping area is your, it's your nest. Yeah. It's your place of solitude where you're going to rest, recover, like you said before. You don't want anything in there that's going to that's gonna be radiating you. Right. Whether it's on or, on or off, charging it is even worse. Mm. And I swear, so many people do that. It's something that I actually don't do anymore, but I used to. I used to charge my phone throughout the whole night, and now I just don't. Yeah. So I'm, do, at one point, up. you can Ooh, do well that. Well done, Fliss. Just, just, just flick it off. And if you can turn your Wi-Fi off at night as well, that you're not using it. Why have it yeah. on? Yeah, why yeah. Have it, why have it going through? You can use it from one end of the house to the other. So mm. if you're sleeping in a room that's in between, it's going through you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep your phone out of the bedroom. Yeah. Then if you're going to get up in the morning and see the sunrise, you don't want to be picking up your phone first because all of a sudden it's not first thing in the morning, it's midday. Yeah. Your eyes are picking up that signal Mm. from your phone saying it's midday. You've got to be productive now. One of my silly little excuses, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, which is why I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to speak my truth, is I use an excuse of going, I don't have an alarm clock, I use my phone as an alarm clock. That's a load of boy BS as well, isn't it, really? Because it's like, Fliss, you can actually go to the shop and buy a, an alarm clock. It's these little things that we have to actually consciously make an effort in our brain to say, you know what, I want to better my health. What's one of those things I can do to better my health? Number one, Fliss, go out and buy yourself an alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having my phone next to me and have my phone in a different room. It's just these, and again, that kind of comes down to your mindset. You've got to find the awareness around what can you do for your health. I want to better my health. Okay, find the awareness around that. 
you mindset's there, you go, cool, this is what I need to do to adjust this and to change this. And I'm pretty sure there's many people out there that use that same excuse as what I have done all the time. I don't have an alarm clock. I use my phone as an alarm clock. It's such a simple thing that we can do, but yet we don't bother. Yeah. But if you're if you're getting into a, a good circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. you don't need an alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you're saying circadian rhythm, you mean you would naturally fall asleep at roughly the same sort of time and you'd be waking up naturally around the same sort of time. And I must admit, actually, I do feel quite proud of this, Tony, is that I generally wake up before my alarm and I have quite a set. I go to bed at nine. I generally wake up about five. Sometimes I wake up quarter to five just before my alarm clock. Perfect. But I've nurtured that over many years, Tony, and I've nurtured that through going through my own health journey. When I was in my late teens, my early 20s, like party, drinking, drugs, sleeping in late. And now I'm in my early 30s and my health is so freaking important to me because I want to optimise who I am. I want to optimise my health. I want to have a longevity lifestyle. So I think for most people, many people, they don't have that sleep rhythm. And they go to bed late, they're on their phone. I have my phone sometimes with me until 11 o'clock, the odd night here and there. I go, shoot, what are you doing, Fliss? You're on your phone, it's 11 o'clock at night. No wonder you've not been able to get to sleep yet because you've been looking at this light. So I do slip up. We're, we're humans, we, we, we do slip up, don't we? Yeah, thank you for pointing that out in terms of the, the, the rhythm of sleep plays a really big role in it. And like you say, actually, do we really need an alarm? If we get into that nice rhythm... We wouldn't necessarily need an alarm. There's, there are times when you do need to of get course, up early. yeah. And an alarm is... Very helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a day job as well, and sometimes, some days I have to get up at five in the morning. Mm. Ten to five, actually. But And I set my alarm, it goes off. But at the moment, sunrise is about five minutes past six in the morning. Mm. And first light is probably about half an hour before that. So I get up, the first thing I do... It's put on my blue blocking glasses because I don't want any man-made light to ruin what the sun's going to be doing naturally mm-hmm. over the course of the day. And then you get outside for your sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. And going to bed at the same time is, is yeah. like you just said, is, is a really good thing yeah. you can do. Yeah. Because you will, everyone knows about sleep cycles, you go into REM sleep yes. and out of REM sleep and you do that several times a night. If you're going to bed at different times of the night then you're getting different sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. And if you're naturally going through the last sleep cycle as cortisol starts to raise in the morning to wake you up, if that alarm goes off halfway through a sleep cycle because you went to bed Mm. an hour and a half later than you normally do, that's when you're going to be grumpy as. Mm, Not being able to function as properly, starting your day off on the wrong note, getting more frustrated, irritated by other people and things, yeah. So even if it's prepare your coffee the night before, yeah. take your coffee out and just sit outside and get the natural natural mm-hmm. light. And there's lots of other things as well that I go through. Um, one of the most important things in the world is it, we are 70% of our body is water. water. Mm. But by volume of molecules, it's over 99%. And hydration is a lot more important than people think. Mm. There's a difference between irrigation and hydration. Yeah. If you're just chucking down tap water every day. Which is another thing that I do. You're not hydrating yourself. 
Mm. You're actually poisoning yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't call water out of the tap yeah. water. It's yeah. a solution of chemicals. Mm. For one thing, the stuff they put in it on purpose, fluoride. Yes, I've been hearing this recently. Because apparently it's good for your teeth. Apparently. <laughs> Even though it's one of the, mo- one of the biggest neurotoxins in the world. Yeah. And it's a industrial byproduct that they can't use. So what do they do? They put it in our water. Mm. Someone came up with that idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then there's chlorine, yeah. which is used to as an antibacterial agent for yeah. the water. But then there's all sorts of other stuff in it as well. Mm-hmm. There's runoff from pesticides, yeah. herbicides. Yeah. There's even drugs in it, including contraceptive remnants of the contraceptive wow. pill from women. Wow. And that's all going in to your mouth. Yeah. So would you suggest people get a water filter? What what would be the best way to combat that? Going back to the ancestral health, Mm -hmm. we would actually drink from... Spring. Crystal clear springs Mm. that pop out of the the earth. Now, we're Mm. not... We don't all have access to them. <laughs> Let's just get my big bottle, walk up to the spring, I'll be back down in 10 days. <laughs> but there is actually a website yeah. uh, called Finecom. It's a worldwide website. You put your location in, it'll tell you where your nearest natural spring is. Wow. To us here in East Gippsland, it's up on Mount Buffalo. Love the name of that, Mount Buffalo. Yeah which is in the Victorian high country. Yeah, I don't have a car, so there's no chance for me getting there. <laughs> so, yeah, that that would be ideal. Yeah, okay. But uh, that's not really practical for many people. So and, what's our second best option? Uh, and a Brita water filter isn't doesn't really cut it either. Okay. There are water filters out there. I won't name particular brands, but they will take out most stuff. Yeah. But it's not just about what you take out. It's actually about what you put back in as well. Right. So you can have a thing called reverse osmosis unit in your house mm-hmm. which really, literally is a, is like the de- demineralized water by the end mm. so you've got nothing but pure h2o which isn't really that good for us to be honest with you as right. it is we're not going to hydrate ourselves unless we've got minerals in it as well right so you need to remineralize my my water filter at home yeah has a little mineral tube in its reservoir mm-hmm. and that releases minerals into the water before i siphon it off yeah but just things like if you're drinking water and you're not getting an adequate salt intake. So having like hydrolytes, uh, is it Celtic salt as well is yes. another thing that's been advised very good. Yep. So can you put those things such as your hydrolytes and your Celtic salt into tap water and it will take away the crap or no. not? So there's, no. Yeah, okay. So if you uh, predominantly want a water filter, going back to your headaches, one of the best things you can do is... Uh, I particularly use uh, Malden sea salt um, from the UK. Mm-hmm. I consider it one of the finest salts in the world. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a really good salt, first of yes. all. Lots, a lot of salts on the market have mi- microplastics in them right? because there's so much microplastics in the sea. Malden is, is really good. Celtic sea salt is, not, is another really good one. These are all available in any supermarket. Yeah. Take a couple of crystals, put them on your tongue. Leave them there for 30, 30 seconds and then drink a glass of water. Okay. When that water then goes in, it's hydrating your cells. It's getting Mm. into the cell. You will not get water into the cell unless the mineral is present. So does the salt help your body absorb the 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 H2O? It's the difference between irrigation and hydration. Yeah, okay. You could be chucking water in all day. Mm. You'd be going to the toilet all day Mm. because it would just be going through. Yeah. But if you can take those steps to actually make it work... Yeah. 
And again, tiny little changes. Mm. Another thing is, is, is grounding. Yeah, getting uh, your socks off, your shoes off, putting your feet on the earth, grass, sand, dirt. You got it. Would we say concrete is also a way of grounding or not? Anything that's porous. So concrete, yes. Mm-hmm. Tarmac, no. Grounding, if anyone's interested in grounding, there's a great movie on YouTube, absolutely free, called The Grounding Movie. I think I've seen this. Is this in this movie? Do, does one of the people on it basically put a wire to the ground and then take a lead to their bed and they get grounded throughout the night? Have you heard of that? Yep, I do it every night. I've got a grounded sheet on my right. bed. Yes, I have watched something very similar. So it might be the same thing that you're talking about. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So getting a little bit sciencey, mm. going back to the sun, our friend the sun. The sun is a cathode, yep. the earth is an anode. The sun's rays fall on the Earth, releasing free electrons. So the Earth is abundant with free electrons. Mm-hmm. A lot of disease happens at the mitochondrial level inside the cell because of disparities in our electrical system. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of brain chemistry is out because of electrical problems. We've, this can go for heart disease as well. And this all causes inflammation. When you get your bare feet on the ground... Mm. the beach is wet sand is the best oh god it feels so good doesn't it but there's another reason it feels really good because you're actually away from emfs there's not many emfs at the beach what are emfs radio towers they put those mm. in towns just leave your phone in your car and don't oh, take it to the sure. beach with you for sure <laughs> absolutely yeah have a watch so you've got your time if you need the time mm. but yeah so we're, we're the only primates on this planet that have sweat glands on the soles of our feet and the palms of our hands for the reason we should be in contact with the planet. Mm. We're picking up these free electrons Mm. and we're neutralising any excess voltage in our body. Wow. And that in itself reduces inflammation wherever that may be. Yeah. And I think many of us, particularly hairdressers and barbers, chefs, anything like that, We've got so much inflammation. For me personally, I've got inflammation in my hands and my wrists right now due to repetitive strain injury. And so just by me grounding myself, by getting my feet, my hands in sand or planting myself down onto the ground, from what I'm understanding, you're saying to me that I can actually help reduce my inflammation purely by grounding. Absolutely. Just get out there on the grass. Yeah. One of the best things, and... We, know, we all know how healthy surfers are because mm. they're in the water, in a natural body yes. of water every single day. Yes, and the sea salt or the sea water absorbs through your skin. Yeah. But you did also mention briefly, if I remember rightly, you're saying that there's so many plastics in the water as well, but does I, that does the sea salt overrule that part? I don't I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, okay. You know, I don't know if it if microplastics will get in transdermally, mm. but I do know that any time you get into the sea, will override any negative effects. Yeah, it just God, it makes you feel alive when you come out of the sea, doesn't it? There's yeah. no, I don't think that there's any other better feeling than getting in the sea. Because you can feel nature in the sea. That part of my five pillars, nature. Yeah. That is going for a walk barefoot in the forest, hugging a tree. I know that sounds... Wh- I, tr- I hug trees. I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> I will happily admit that. <laughs> but tree trees, they talk to each other through mm-hmm. the mycelium, mm-hmm. which is under the ground. It's a fungi. 
and that's how they communicate. They do communicate. And I'm, that doesn't sound like, okay, sun's out, we need to all face east now. It, it's not like that at all. Yeah. It's, if there's a parasite or a bug having a go at the... They can actually send out this signal to say, you can all need to put out your defences. Mm. There is communication among trees, for sure. Yeah, I, d- I definitely believe that. There's scientific proof, isn't there, yeah. as well? Okay, so with a bit of a rundown then, Tony, it's move. Get out first thing in the morning, move your body, don't look at your phone, don't wear your sunglasses in the morning, look at your natural light. When you're under false light, wear your blue light glasses. I would actually, I've, I had a really expensive pair of Oakleys, they're gone. They're gone. Don't use sunglasses at all. At all, okay. And I'm going back to Jack Cruz, he will actually say that sunglasses give you cancer. Wow. Because you're blocking that natural signal into your light mm. that telling your body, your skin, mm-hmm. to release melanin to protect yourself. So basically wear a cap then rather than wear sunglasses. If you're, yeah. if you're changing that colour, yeah. um, say you're just letting your body know that it's a dark day and mm. the sun's out really mm. shining. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good little tip there. So we move our body we get out in natural sunlight we sleep well we set ourselves a time to go to bed time to wake up get technology away from us as much as possible ground ourselves hydrate ourselves accordingly so try and not drink tap water get the right sort of filtered stuff to get rid of all the bad chemicals and then also we talked very at the very beginning about actually eating organically as best as possible and avoiding the processed foods anything else that we can add to that or is that literally a really good sum up of things that we can do as humans to just naturally over a period of time better our health to optimize our health and help prevent disease and health conditions metabolic disease yes yeah yes Um, all from doing just natural stuff this is just all getting back to to nature really how we evolved and to a certain extent ditch in this modern lifestyle that we are bound in today yeah we don't have to ditch it we it's using ancient wisdom Mm -hmm. in 2024 yeah and how you can balance those two things out Mm -hmm. and i think if if you did half of those things if you did one of those things, things will improve. Yeah. I often say that the people with the biggest health problems can make the biggest changes just by doing simple things. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. So many people who maybe have health conditions are overweight, etc., depressed, anxious. Things seem so big. They're like, oh my goodness, I can't change because it's too much. Yeah. But actually what we've spoke about today, Tony, is actually the most, I keep on using the word memorable, the most simplest of things that we can literally start incorporating into our life today. So I noticed as well on your website that you welcome one-to-one coaching and also group coaching. For anybody that wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way to connect with you? And yeah, are you taking on clients right now? Absolutely. Yes, you can email me, tony at ancestralhealth.com.au and my telephone number is 0439 638 692. That's great. And that's in Australia, so plus six one at the beginning of that yes. number. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share to round up today? Get out in the sunshine. Yes, that's the best one. <laughs> Get the natural sunlight, please. <laughs> and if you're listening in the Northern Hemisphere, 
get out in the sunshine. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate your wisdom, your experience and hearing your journey. I'm sure so many people have seen a picture of themselves and gone, oh my God, I look awful. And it's just finding that little bit of change in your life to be able to start putting yourself on a better path for better health. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Sisson, who's the founder of uh, the Primal Blueprint, who started off the qualification that I've actually used, mm. he has a phrase um, which is called look good naked. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> I love being naked a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you can do that. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Thanks, Tony. Welcome. That was great. Loved it. You've got, oh, honestly, I'm blown away. When I first met you, I was like, I have no idea what this guy does, what he's going to bring to the table. But you brought way more than what I was expecting. And it just goes to show that you've gone through your own journey. You've done the studies, you've done the learnings and you're implementing it into your own life. You're helping other people eradicate their health conditions as well. And it's 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 hugely gratifying as well. Yeah, I bet. Obviously, I do it for money, but... That's helpful, isn't it? that's That's really a side issue. When you see the changes in people... I had I had a client who's hasn't slept for quite a number of years, and now he's getting a good night's sleep. Wow! That's for coming to see you and, and that, getting guidance, and that that makes all the difference mm. in, in that one thing there. Yeah, because you're getting a good night's sleep, you're setting yourself up for, yeah. for success every day. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you who want to reach out to Tony, please do so by the information that he's provided, and it also be in the show notes as well. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. I loved having that conversation with Tony and I'm so proud to have confessed that I do a few things too which from what we've learned is a detriment to our health please feel free to share in the review slash comment section what you have learned today and what you are going to change to help optimize your health and a reminder to leave me a review and star rating to help a wholeness podcast go far and wide On next week's episode, I welcome Yestin, a musician who is on a mission to spread the message of self-love through his journey of healing after the devastating times in his life losing both of his parents. This was a heartfelt, fun conversation and one I will never forget. And just a quick reminder about our sponsor, Earth and Soul Pizza. If you are local to or travelling through Bairnsdale, use my promo code LOVEFLISS. That's L-O-V-E-F-L-I-S-S and get yourself a free large pizza when you buy one. With locally sourced produce and food exceptionally made by the team at Earth and Soul Pizza, be sure to get your wholesome and blissful pizza. In the meantime, as always, stay tuned and stay real. Join me every Wednesday for a wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.